When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and you can find me, as always, at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. Please send any comments, thoughts, feedback you have. Love to hear from people, interact with people, get some conversations going. And also, if you can, go to your podcast provider, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and rate and review this show. Ideally, a five-star rating would help. Gets it exposed to more people, get more listeners, and continue to grow the show, which I'm trying to do. Before I get started, a couple Twitter accounts I would like to recommend, which I do on every show. If you're a basketball fan, I recommend you check out Ethos Fantasy BB for basketball. That's our Sports Ethos Fantasy Basketball Twitter account, but it's also good for wagering because we give constant updates, lineup changes throughout the day and before tip-off, so definitely relevant information. As the fantasy basketball season comes to an end, it's still relevant for wagering. We also have a Ethos Fantasy, sorry, the first one for BK for basketball, Ethos Fantasy BK. And then for baseball, it's Ethos Fantasy BB. Apologize for that confusion. And that'll be the same thing. Updates on lineups, players in, players out, thoughts, comments from a fantasy point of view, but it'll be relevant for wagering as well, just to know who's playing and who's not. And before we get into the show, I want to talk to you about our partner at Thrive Fantasy. If you're into props, these are a gr- this is a great product to check out. It's Thrive Fantasy, T-H-R-I-V-E. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com. When you sign up, use the code ETHOS, that's E-T-H-O-S, to get 100% deposit match bonus on your first $100, plus two or four free game tickets to play. Basically, you pick player props on the biggest names every night that you play, score points when they hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize pool. If you need prop information, we give out some on the show here, but also our Ethos DFS team has great, especially basketball information. They have a regular podcast. You can go to our sportsethos.com site and check out our DFS package there as well. So again, it's thrivefantasy.com, T-H-R-I-V-E. And when you sign up, use the code ETHOS when you register. Now we'll get to the boards tonight in the NBA. Now, two regular uh, slates in the NBA and NHL. We have six games on the hard court. One that catches my eye, but again, in the silly season, hard to really get a feel for a lot of these games. We start in Detroit, where Dallas comes to town. Dallas is an 8.5-point favorite. My favorite, the total is 218.5. When I look at the injury reports, the usual cast of characters out in this game. Uh, for the Mavs, we have Hardaway still out and Maxi Kleber out. For the Pistons, Bagley's out. Jeremiah Grant's out. Olenek is out for rest. So Dallas should win. I think should win easy. Just on the road, have a tough time laying eight and a half points. So going to stay away from this game. The next game of the night sees the Battle of New York. Brooklyn is in New York playing the Knicks. So Brooklyn is a road team playing the Knicks. 
minus five and a half for the Nets favorite. Total is 230 and a half, 230 and a half when we look at the injury report. Goran Dragic is out. Joe Harris remains out. Ben Simmons, who I think I've heard today that will be out for sure through the play-in rounds. Uh, so that trade isn't looking so good in the short term for the Nets. He's out as well. For the Knicks, uh, the usual guys, Nerlens Noel, Randall, Reddish, Rose, all out tonight. I think the Knicks win this. I looked at this game. I think they could cover this spread. Um, but the way they've been playing, they've still been inconsistent, even with Kyrie playing at home and on a road. On the road, uh, they've been fairly inconsistent. So I would lean Brooklyn, uh, but not on this game. The next game tonight is the Celtics. Boston Celtics travel to Chicago. Chicago's on the second game of two home games, second uh, day in a row of two home games. But the Celtics seven-point favorites, total 224. On the injury report here, Jalen Brown and Al Horford both probable, as is Jason Tatum. For the Bulls, Lonzo Ball remains out. Caruso is doubtful. And Zach Levine, probable. So the Bulls got blown out last night by Milwaukee. And I was on that game and missed that one, unfortunately. Um, and I think they probably lose this tonight fairly easy. They seem to be beating the average to lower teams and the top teams in the league they struggle with. But what I'm on here is the under of 224. Uh, reason being is... The Celtics are very good defensively, and they play fairly slow. So right now in defensive efficiency, the Celtics are number one, and the Bulls come in at 21 as far as defensive efficiency. So not great, but the Celtics have been playing really well lately and have the ability to slow teams down, so I think they could do that. As far as pace, Celtics are number 24 in the league, so they play fairly slow. And Chicago's right around league average at 16. And then offensive efficiency, obviously two good teams here. Boston number five and Chicago number 11. So they can put up points. I just think the way the Celtics are playing and their ability to shut teams down defensively, the Bulls struggling, second game in a row, maybe some tired legs late in the game, especially if they get down. I'm looking for, to on the under of 224. Next game of the night sees Washington travel to Atlanta. Washington was on the road last night. Um, sorry, they're at home last night on the road tonight. They are at the Hawks, where the Hawks are 10.5-point favorites, total 234.5. I like Atlanta, but not at this big number. Washington's been playing well. Washington actually won last night, uh, had a huge win, 132-114. They were at Minnesota. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. They were at Minnesota as 12-point dogs, and they won 132-114. So still on the road, potentially some tired legs. I think they have the ability to cover this, especially if Porzingis is playing. And as I look at the uh, injury list, he is for the Hawks. Bodanovich is questionable. Gallinaro is questionable. John Collins is out. For the Wiz, the usual Bradley and Kuzma are out, but nobody else really. So that has Porzingis still playing. And I think they have the ability to cover. I would lean Washington here, uh, but not going to touch it because Atlanta has the ability to put up a lot of points and cover the spread. Next game of the night is the dog of the night. And I say dog in a bad way. Oklahoma City travels to Utah. Both these teams played yesterday at home. Utah's, Utah's obviously home again, and OKC is on the road. We've, get, we've got the Jazz minus 17.5. OKC total number of 219. I have a hard time laying 17.5 with any NBA team. I think they get up. They get up early, take their foot, foot off the gas, and maybe Oklahoma City gets a backdoor cover. So if anything, I would lean OKC, but can't touch this game. It's just way too much for me. Uh, on the injury report... Oklahoma City has everybody out. Basley, Dort, Favors, Giddy, Gilgis, Alexander, Jerome, Mann. 
for Utah, everybody is healthy except Mike Conley. He is out, probably just resting. And Donovan Mitchell is resting, actually, too. But the fact that the line is still 17 and a half just shows you how bad they think that uh, OKC is. So I would be on OKC to cover the, this huge spread. The final game of the night is, uh, let me just pull this up here. We have Phoenix traveling to L.A. to play the Clippers, which should be, I believe, quite a good game. Everybody is healthy for the most part on these two teams. Uh, I actually see Norm Powell is questionable, so that's a good sign. He hasn't played in a long time, so that's a good sign for them having him back. Uh, for Phoenix, Deontay Ayton is out, Booker's out, Crowder's out, and Paul is out. Uh, so that's strange. I thought they'd be playing, and I just refreshed, and they're all out. So this line would likely move even more. I'm just going to check right now. I see the uh, minus two and a half of the Clippers. I think this line is going to continue to probably move in their direction as all those players listed out. Yeah, it's totally moved up. We have the Clippers minus six and a half. So it was minus two and a half earlier uh, when I had all these. Now it's minus six and a half with uh, Phoenix resting all their guys. I wouldn't touch this. Um, I'd be on the clip. Uh, at six and a half, I'd be on them, but... It's just too questionable a game, in my opinion. So staying away from that one. Um, that's a bit of it for the NBA. Really only on the one game, the Boston at Chicago under 224. Um, nothing really. I just having a hard time these days finding any value on the NBA board. So you can stay away for it for the most part, away from it for the most part tonight. I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to hit the ice and then we're going to get to some baseball to talk about. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. On the ice today, five games, so a small slate, or average slate, really. Some interesting ones, but nothing really jumps out. I mean, one game, I'm going to do a same-game parlay in, but that's about it. We start off in Winnipeg, where the Detroit Red Wings fresh off a victory last night over Boston, a home victory. Uh, travel to Winnipeg. They you can, get, you can get Detroit at plus 230 in the money line. You can get the Jets at minus 280. The total is over 6.5. I debated doing the Jets. I mean, I'd be, I would lean towards the Jets, but 280 straight up is way too much to play, to pay. Uh, but I debated doing them and a over money line parlay. 
money line plus the over um, because Winnipeg, Detroit's been giving up a lot of goals lately. I think close to four and a half, over four and a half goals per game in the last 10 games or so. So um, don't think they'll be able to win back-to-back games, would be on the Jets, but stayed away from this one. The next game is Tampa Bay travels to Washington. You can get Tampa Bay at minus 155. You, on the money line, you can get Washington at plus 135. Total here is 165. I would lean to Tampa. Washington's been struggling. They've actually been struggling at home um, in the last few months, which is strange. They started off well, but they've struggled at home. And the Lightning look to rebound from a couple recent losses as they're slowly dropping in the Eastern Conference. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll recover. But nonetheless, uh, I would lean Tampa, but at 155 on the road, I'm not going to touch that game. Third game that is the Kraken. The Seattle Kraken travel to St. Louis. You can get the expansion Kraken at plus 190 in the money line. You can get the Blues at minus 230. Total is six. And I looked at taking St. Louis. I think St. Louis wins this game. Uh, just the goal total, I'm not sure of. St. Louis has the ability to play really strong defense. So they can limit the Kraken, who haven't been scoring a lot, but they've won a few games lately. So if they, you know, if they can score one or two and the Blues erupt a little, then all of a sudden we're getting at six and six plus. So not going to touch that one. The fourth game is Calgary in Anaheim. In this game I am on. You can get the Flames at minus 270 on the money line. You can get the duck, the home Ducks at plus 220, and the total is six. I'm actually on the Flames minus 220 and the under in this game for a money line parlay of one, plus 161. I think the Flames win. I think they've been playing really well. And this is more of a call against the Ducks. They've been struggling, struggling to score. Um, they are... They've lost 12 of their last 13 games. Their one win was last Friday, a 5-0 win over Arizona. So Arizona is a, even worse than the Ducks this year. Other than that, they've lost 12 of 13. In the last eight games, they've scored just 16 goals. And that includes that 5-0 win. So if you take that one out in the seven last seven games, not including that one, they've only scored 11 goals. They haven't scored a power play goal in the last eight games. So they, to me, are really struggling. These teams have played three times this year. Calgary's won 6-2. 4-3 in a shutout, and Anaheim won 3-2 in overtime. So I think Calgary's flying, but I think the Ducks are struggling. I see Calgary winning an easy game, but hopefully it stays under the total of six. Plus, Calgary has Markstrom and Nett, who has a fantastic 2.18 goals against average and 926 save percentage. So I think they should be able to win in the road, win easily. And the Ducks, if they continue to struggle, will have a tr- tough time getting on the scoreboard. So hopefully it stays under the total of six. Final game of the night sees the Canucks travel to Vegas to play the Golden Knights. You can get the Canucks plus 165 in the money line. Vegas at home minus 185, total five and a half here. I would think there's some value in the Canucks plus 165. Uh, they had the ability to put up some goals, and if they can catch the team sleeping, they definitely could pull out this win. I would think Vegas wins, but if you're looking for some value, I think the plus 165 money line is definitely of some value. So that was a quick rundown of the NHL board. Now we're going to turn to MLB. With Major League Baseball starting tomorrow, I thought we would go through some team win totals. And I'm not a big futures player in general. Locking up your money for five or six months is a tough proposition for a lot of people to do, so I don't speak about it a lot. But I thought I'd run through uh, Major League win totals quickly, and there are some that I'm on and some that I like. So we start off in the American League and the AL East. The win totals here... Uh, the go top to bottom. Toronto's at 92.5 wins. They won 91 last year. The Yankees, 91.5. They won 92 last year. Tampa's at 89.5. They won 100 last year. Um, that's what I'm looking at taking over. I just think Tampa always has the ability uh, to run out a competitive lineup. 
and at the end of the year, probably again be in contention to lead the division. So I think cutting their win total by ten and a half, ten and a half is a lot. Now, winning hundred games last year was probably a bit of an outlier because this this is going to be the toughest division in baseball again. They'll all be beating up on each other, so it will be tough, I think, to get to hundred wins. But I could see them getting ahead of eighty nine and a half. Boston, 85 and a half uh, is their win total. They had 92 last year. That's a bit of a shock that they've come down that far. And Baltimore, 61 and a half. They had 62 and a half last year. And that's the one play I'm on. I'm actually on the under. So I think they lose over well over 100 games this year. I just think Toronto's gotten better. Tampa Bay is consistently good. Boston adding stories gotten a little better, although their pitching staff is atrocious, I think. Um, and the Yankees are the Yankees, so they'll compete. I think Baltimore, while they've got some really good young players, they just don't have anything going right now. Um, and they're not going to for a couple years. I know they've got Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. D. Hall coming up, some great pitchers. But when you're starting lineup is John Means, Jordan Lyles, Tyler Wells, Bruce Zimmerman, and To Be Determined. And the bottom four of your order are Rognito Dor, Ramon Urias, Jorge Mateo, and Robinson Chiros. That spells disaster going against the AL East. I don't think they get to uh, 61 and a half wins. So I'm going actually the under on Baltimore there. Move to the AL Central. You've got the Chicago White Sox are predicted to win that division, obviously, with 91 and a half wins. They had 93 last year. Cleveland Guardians are at 76.5. They had 80 last year. Um, Detroit, 78 and a half. They had 77 last year. KC 75 and a half, 74 last year, and Minnesota expected to be the biggest jump here. 79 and a half. They had 73 last year. So they really underperformed. I could see that move up a little too much for me. The two plays that I am on, I'm on the White Sox over 91.5. I still think they're the class of this division. And I'm not buying the other teams improving that much. So the Guardians have fallen off a little. Um, Detroit. Their total is 78 and a half. I'm actually on the under there. I don't think they've improved either. Uh, again, they're kind of like kind of like Baltimore, but I would say ahead. Um, they've got better player. They've got better uh, hitters, and they're, they've got some good young pitching that is already in the majors. But the problem is they're still young. Again, you're starting a rotation. Eduardo Rodriguez comes over from the Red Sox. I've never been a huge fan of him. I know some of the stats say that he he should be be able to outperform what his numbers are. But to me, his numbers have been his numbers for too, many, too long a time. I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, I think he's a good average major league pitcher, but he's your he's your starter. Then you have Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Matt Manning, and Tyler Alexander. So Mize, Skubal, and Manning are their big three prospects. And they did not do well last year. Doesn't mean they won't. They're young kids. I get it. They're pitching in a decent park. I get that too. But they have just not looked major league ready. And any injuries, I mean, those five, after Rodriguez, those four are all huge question marks as far as major league ready. And there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys who underperform. So I think they are in trouble. They're also starting Spencer Torkelson at first base, their prize prospect. I think he was number one overall a couple years ago. So it's going to be fun to watch. But they got him batting eighth right now. And as a rookie, you never know what to expect. I think it's going to be – I'd love to be a Tigers fan right now with these young pitchers and Torkelson uh, and Akil Badu leading off. Signed Javi Baez, just traded for Austin Meadows. They still got Miggy Cabrera there. I get it. But I don't think they have improved all that much. So I'm going to go under their 78.5 win total. When we go to the AL West, we get Houston at 92.5. Next team in the division, uh, they had 95 last year. Next team in the division is Seattle, 84.5. They outperformed expectations and had 90 last year. So the market's pulling off them a little. Uh, 
The LA Angels are at 83 and a half. They had 77 last year, so an improvement expected there with some of their upgrades. Texas, 74 and a half, up from 60 last year. A huge uh, improvement there, expected. And then the Oakland A's, as they trade off everybody and break it down yet again, uh, are at 71, pardon me, they're at 69 and a half now. They were at 71 and a half. Then after the Sean Mania trade earlier this week, went to 69 and a half, down from 86 last year. So I do understand that one. The one I don't understand, and this comes back to pitching again, is Texas. Yeah, they've upgraded their offense for sure. They've got Marcus Simeon from the Blue Jays to play second and hit second. They got Corey Seager from the Dodgers, play shortstop and hit third. They've got Mitch Garver from Minnesota to catch and play fourth. I get that. All improvements, improved up the middle for sure. Mitch Garver is a very good defensive catcher as well. So that should help their pitching. But again, here's your starting lineup. Jonathan Gray, Martin Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, and Spencer Howard, who was at one time a great prospect with the Phillies. But this guy will be 26 years old, I believe, this year. John Gray, Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, Spencer Howard. That does not spell 74 and a half wins to me. That spells another bad year. I know they're in a new stadium. It's a little more pitcher friendly. Their offensive has improved. But again, you get injured. There's going to be injuries there. I don't know who's behind them. You know, then they've got Joe Barlow as their closer, who's blown up this spring a little bit. So there's question marks around that. Um, Not an incredibly deep or strong bullpen. I just don't see Texas getting it done. I think they will be probably in the 71-72 win range. So I'm going to go under their 74 and a half. Move to the NL, the NL East, which I think will be a great division. Um, Any one of these teams, I actually think any one of them could win it. You have Atlanta as the favorite at 90 and a half wins. They won 88 last year and won the World Series. You have Philly at 84 and a half wins. They had 82 last year. Uh, sorry, I went in the wrong order. You got the Mets number two. They have 88 and a half. They had 77 last year. Then the Phillies at 84 and a half. They had 82 last year. You have the much improved Marlins of Miami at 76 and a half. They won 67 last year. And then you have Washington at 71 and a half. They won 65 last year. So realistically, I don't think the Nationals could win it. Um, I do like what Miami's done. They're a better team. They finally added some pitching. Now they have great, exciting young pitching. And I could see them making that jump. I could see them as an outlier, maybe even contending this division. I don't think that would happen, but you never know if you're looking to take a huge price. The team I do like is the Phillies. And the reason being is they've improved their offense. So they're they're at 84 and a half. I actually have them over, over that number. So they've got Schwarber now leading off, playing left field, which doesn't help in the field, but he's a great bat at the top of the order. Ray Muto is their catcher at sec- uh, hitting number two. Bryce Harper at third. Then you've added Nick Castellanos to hit D- uh, probably play DH. He's not much in the field. Um, they're also putting out there Bryson Stott, a rookie, at third base. It'll be interesting, kind of like Spencer Torkelson. He's not as hyped as him, but, but like Torkelson in Detroit. Very good young prospect. Let's see what he does. Um, but I like their depth. You know, on offense, they've got uh, Didi Gregorius playing shortstop. Gene Segura playing second. Those guys are probably at 6'7". Uh, in the lineup. Not fantastic, great players at this stage in their career, but guys are going to get on base at the 310, 320, 330 clip, steal the odd base, just know how to play the game. And I like their offense. And when you roll to the def- uh, to the pitching, I think they've got a very strong pitching staff. Aaron Nola starts out, uh, followed by, probably by Zach Wheeler. There's some question marks with his health, but by all accounts, he's very healthy. Uh, he Not very healthy. He is healthy. He had, I think, a shoulder issue or a back issue uh, late 
middle of the year, late last year, like December last year, and everybody got freaked out about it, but he seems to be healthy in spring training. So they got Nolan Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, Zach Eflin, and Ranger Suarez. And Ranger Suarez had a great year last year. Flew under the radar. If you're a fantasy fan, I would recommend checking him out. Had a great year last year. Um, so I think they have the ability, just with the, pitch, the, the additions in offense, but then the pitching staff alone, uh, I think they have the ability to get up in over 84 and a half wins, so 85 wins. Move to the NL Central. Uh, this is probably, in my opinion, the weakest uh, division top to bottom in baseball. You have Milwaukee at 88 and a half wins. They won the division last year with 95 wins. You have St. Louis, 86 and a half. Uh, they had 90 wins, so pull back a little from last year. Sorry, St. Louis. Yeah, that's what I said. You have Cincinnati at 74 and a half. They have begun the fire sale. They won 83 last year. You have Chicago at 74 and a half. The Cubs won 71 last year. And you have Pitt pulling up the rear at 65 and a half. They won 61 last year. So I'm actually on Milwaukee. I think they, they won 95 last year. 88 and a half seems a little low to me. And I just think because they're playing Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Cincinnati that much more that they should be able to easily get over that 88 and a half total. I'd put them in the low 90s. So I'm taking them to go over. Cincy at 74 and a half. So uh, if we'd been doing this a couple of months ago, I might've had a, well, I, I guess we knew Castellanos was leaving and they knew they were blowing it up a little, but not quite the degree they have. So when I look at their lineup, you have Jonathan India who has had a great year last year leading off. Then you have Tyler Naquin hitting second in a platoon. Now, He's been a good prospect for a while, but he's 31 years old now. Not much of a prospect anymore. Um, had a decent kind of bounce back year, but I just don't have the faith that he's going to be able to do it and do it uh, on a full-time basis, even though he's the strong side of the platoon. You have Joey Votto hitting third, which is great. You have Tyler Stevenson, a catcher, basically a, not a rookie catcher, but a guy without a lot of experience hitting uh, cleanup. Then when you get down to the bottom of the lineup, 7, 8, 9, you have Colin Moran at DH, expected Kyle Farmer at short, and Nick Senzel in center field. Just don't have a lot of faith that these guys are going to be able to bounce uh, bounce up and improve the offense, um, which they lost Winker. They traded Winker to Seattle, and they lost uh, Castellanos in free agency. Then when you get their pitching staff, which is always a question here, you have Tyler Malley, who had a decent year last year and should have a kind of a good league average, I think, year. Uh, Raver San Martin, Vladimir Gutierrez, Hunter Green, who's a rookie, a highly touted rookie, but a rookie pitching in Cincinnati, and then a question mark at number five. I just don't see where the wins come from. 74 and a half. I mean, again, I know they're playing Chicago and Pittsburgh, so they have the ability to get some cheap wins against their competition in the division, but I just don't see it. And then we go down to Pittsburgh at 65 and a half. I think this is a three or four too many. I think they will be, they will battle Baltimore for probably the worst team in baseball. They have the benefit of not being in the AL East, but their pitching staff to go straight to that is JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, Bryce Wilson, Zach Thompson, Jose Quintana. I don't have a faith in faith that any of those guys are going to be even league average. I know everybody's been on the Mitch Keller train for a couple years. He's only 26 years old. He's shown some good stuff, but I just think he's a very, very league average pitcher at best with no offense behind him. Uh, when we look here, they've got basically, when we get to the middle half of the order, they got Ben Gamble hitting five. Catching is Roberto Perez, Cole Tucker in right, Diego Castillo at second, Kevin Newman at short. That doesn't scare anybody. That is as light hitting offense, I think, as it gets. And no power, not a lot of on base presence there, not a lot of stolen bases. I don't know how they generate runs, and I don't think their pitching is very strong. 
So I've got Pitt actually under 65 and a half. So in the central, I've got Milwaukee over 88 and a half, Cincinnati under 74 and a half, and Pitt under 65 and a half. The final division, the NL West. We've got the Dodgers coming in 96 and a half. They had 106 last year, which that's a little surprising how much they've come down. San Diego at 88 and a half. They had 79 last year. The Giants of San Francisco, 87 and a half. They had 107 last year. They were the one darling who way outperformed their to- uh, win total last year. Colorado at 69 and a half. They had 74 last year. And Arizona at 66 and a half. They had 52. The one outlier I see in this division is LA. I don't know how we have LA at 96 and a half. They have uh, probably the best offense in baseball. And as always with the Dodgers, they have one of the best, if not the best, pitching staffs in baseball. So they have the ability to beat up in Arizona and Colorado. San Diego without Tatis, I think, is going to be down a little bit uh, to start the season. And I just think they get to the 96-97 wins basically quite easily. When you have a pitching staff, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, and Andrew Heaney. So yeah, the fifth spot is a little questionable. But if Gonsolin pitches all year, he's a good pitcher. He's better than league average pitcher if he can stay healthy. And the typical Dodgers, they always have somebody they can find and bring up. Uh, and then they just traded for Craig Kimbrell as their closer, replaced Kenley Jansen, who had left. Their offense is fantastic. You know, they got Cody Bellinger, former MVP, hitting eighth. He's been really struggling. But when you got him and Gavin Lux as your eight, nine, and those are kind of your risky propositions, if one or two of them don't, don't um, succeed, they'll have somebody replace him. But top to bottom, you got Betts, Freeman, Turner, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Chris Taylor as your top seven. That's that's right up there to me with the Blue Jays as far and Houston as far as offense. So I see the Dodgers exceeding their total 96 and a half. I see them getting to 100 wins. So I am on the over of that number. So hope everybody enjoyed the show. Um, before I go, though, I want to mention a couple of our partners here. As always, at manscaped.com, when you sign up there, if you use the code HOOPBALL20, that's HOOPBALL20, you get 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL on the third page of SignLock Deposit Match bonuses there as well. So, as always, you can find me at Doug Reed, on Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. Would love to hear any thoughts or comments, any especially in the team win totals in baseball. I know I ran through that pretty quickly. But I've got two, four, six, eight, nine plays there. And we'll see how they do. It's a long stretch in the MLB. Can't wait to get at it starting tomorrow on opening day. Any thoughts, comments, feedback? Love to hear from you. Hope everybody has a good night on the boards tonight. And we will chat with you on opening day, Major League Baseball tomorrow. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.